God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God sound like? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when does God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the, the Bible is a, a collection of God conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident, and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that dream or that thought was actually just me thinking about, I just had some bad pizza? Jesus said we'd recognise his voice and follow him. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Godconversations.com Hi, and welcome to episode 28 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and founder of Godconversations.com. Hearing God's voice has to be one of the most exciting experiences we can have as a Christian. And there's so many great stories and testimonies you hear about what God does in people's lives. But it's been eight years now since I started the ministry, God Conversations, and as I travel around, I hear all sorts of stories, really exciting ones, but also troubling ones, disappointing ones, situations where people have got it wrong, where mistakes have been made and things haven't turned out as expected. And during those times, and as I've reflected on my travels and my own personal life, I've really prayed God, help me understand what's happening here. And today's podcast is all about practical wisdom for hearing God's voice. See, as I travel, I hear the same questions over and over again. So what we're going to look at today is three common scenarios that we experience in church life. The first one is, what is God saying to me in this particular area? The second one is, what if God's not saying anything? And the third one looks at God's apparent slowness. So this podcast is a little bit of a sit down and a a coffee and chat. If we were to sit down at a cafe and you were to ask me these questions, this is what I would say. I often say in my ministry, sometimes sermons or podcasts might take a a short time to write, maybe, you know, a couple of hours, but they take 20 years to learn. So here's some wisdom today that as we're looking at a new year and we're contemplating walking close with God, listening to God's voice, here's some practical wisdom that I believe is going to help you in your walk with God. We're going to look at a commonly asked question, perhaps the most commonly asked question I receive as I travel, and it's this. What is God saying to me about this particular area? Dot, dot, dot. So whether it's about a job or um, a relationship or some sort of health issue or a money matter, what is God saying about this particular question in my life? And often it happens during church services in ministry time. Someone will come up to me and they'll say, I'm praying about this area of my life. Can you please pray and ask God to see what He's saying? And Nine times out of 10, I think people probably go away disappointed because they don't always get a clear answer. And I've thought about this scenario a lot. And and what's the wisdom in this situation? And I think this is what's happening. The truth is that God does want to speak about those deeply personal areas of our lives, those big issues. And I think that we need to come to Him with those questions. We see it all the way through Scripture. He speaks about these areas. We hear testimonies of God speaking into those situations. But sometimes uh, when we face those particular decisions in our own lives, we, we come away and it's difficult to discern God's voice. And 
Sometimes I think this is what's happening. We almost go along in our spiritual life and then we hit this crossroads decision, this big major choice that we have to make. And that choice is loaded with emotion and with desire and with complexity. And sometimes it's actually difficult, the most difficult time to hear God's voice because we hear what we want to hear and we often misread the cues because we're so deeply invested in the answer. And, and so we've wait, it's almost like we've waited till the challenge or the crisis or the decision hits. And the truth is that these kinds of conversations with God comes in the context of a relationship that is built over time. Any kind of relationship, intimacy is built over time. It's, it's built over the small things, over the daily conversations. And if I wait until those big conversations, then often they're more difficult to read. And what I need to do is to build things into my life where I'm hearing God in the smaller things of life, where I'm hearing God when He's convicting me about the, the issues of my heart and my habits and my attitudes and day-to-day things. And then when I come to the bigger things, it's much easier to hear God's voice. You know, we talk about human relationships and one of the metaphors that is used is building a bridge and you have to build a strong bridge in order to drive a heavy truck over it. And I think it's the same thing with God. We need to be prepared to hear God in the small things first. It's a bit like a child who's learning maths. He needs to learn his his 10 times table before he takes on algebra. And we need to do the same thing as well. And this is what is often the fruit of that. This is what I find often happens. In fact, I was chatting about it with a friend recently and she had to make a decision about a new job, but she didn't actually need to pray about it because what had happened is her relationship over time meant that she'd already been hearing God speak about a change coming, a new opportunity. So when the job came, it was a no-brainer. She was almost in sync with God. And and even in my own life, as I looked back, I, I have actually known about a decision before it's even been presented to me because God has been speaking to me about it and and preparing me in advance. And I think that's what intimacy does. It it puts you in sync with God so that when the decision hits, it's much easier to discern His voice. And what that means is for my life is that uh, I set out at the beginning of a new year particularly, and I encourage you to do this, take some time to reflect and, and look at your spiritual life and say, okay, what habits am I putting in place to develop my relationship with God? What daily routines? Uh, who am I hanging out with? What things am I doing to prioritise putting God first? Because the issue is, God, am I prepared to do whatever you say? Whatever you say, even if I don't like it, I'm asking you this question. We, we hear what we want to hear so easily. And so I need to be developing that heart and positioning my heart to be able to hear whatever God says, whenever He wants to, whatever topic. You know, have you ever had that situation where you're asking God a question about one thing? and He keeps speaking to you about something else and you're trying to get Him back to what you want. And I found that what we need to do is let Him set the agenda. And as we do that, as we cultivate that relationship, as we put Him first, then those decision-making processes become much easier and then we can hear God's voice clearly about the bigger things in life. So 
What are you doing for 2016 to prioritise intimacy with God? What things are you putting in place? Uh, what habits are you seeking to develop? How, where's your heart at? Let's position our hearts at the beginning of 2016 to say, God, I want to develop my relationship with you first and foremost. And God, I lay my agendas down for the year. I've got desires, I've got motivations, I've got things I want to see happen. But first and foremost, I want to put you first. And that means, God, whatever you say, whatever you want, at any time you want to say it, it's over to you because I'm listening. So let's look at the second scenario now. What if God's not saying anything? I think this is a really common scenario. We're praying about something, we're, we're listening to God and we just can't hear anything. Uh, is it because there's something wrong with what I'm doing? Do I need to pray harder? Do I need to pray more? Do I need to, you know, uh, work on my relationship more? What's going on here? And I want to talk to you a little bit about some thoughts on this topic that I have learnt from experience. And I want to share a couple of scenarios in my life that I think illustrate this question really, really well. The first scenario took place probably about 20 years ago, right at the beginning of my ministry journey. God had called me to Bible College and I was in the second year of studying a Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies at Harvest Bible College in Melbourne and getting into it, doing well. And then God spoke to me. And he said, I want you to transfer over to a master's, a master of arts in biblical, in ministry, I think it was. And I remember thinking, are you kidding, God? There's no way that I want to do that. For starters, this is already taking out a big chunk of my life that I didn't plan for. And it's expensive and it's just something I don't want to do. So I, I said, God, well, if this is really you, what I'd like you to do is you need to provide the finances for me because the Masters was expensive, more expensive again. I'd spent a lot of my savings already on, on the bachelor's degree and I didn't want to study more and it costing more. So I said, God, well, if this is you, then you'll need to provide for my fees. The first year of fees for the Masters was $4,400. So I said, okay, well, God, you can provide and uh, you know that will be clear then. It wasn't too long afterwards. I was at church one Sunday and this young couple, this lovely couple in our church came up to me and they said, Tanya, we want to talk to you. And then they explained, well, God's spoken to us to give you our car. We, we want to give you our car. I'm like, what? Yeah, we really feel that God has led us to, to give you our car. And so they walked out to the car park with me, got the keys out of their bag and then handed over the keys to their red Corona. And now I have two cars. I have my white Honda Civic, my faithful, trusty Honda, and I have this red Corona. I have two cars. And I thought, well, what am I supposed to do now? So, of course, I thought, well, I'll, I'll sell the car. So I advertised it that week and what do you know, it sold very quickly and guess how much it sold for? $4,400. So I signed up for my Masters the week after. God was very, very clear in regards to my study. He spoke very clearly. He confirmed it. When I did my Masters, I had no doubt it was of God. And, you know, looking back, I can so see the wisdom of God in it. I didn't know that I would go on to be then employed by the college and that, that degree would become very important in my life even later on. So that was back then when I was praying, God spoke very clearly. And then about 18 months ago, uh, I got this idea of doing my doctorate. 
I, I'd never really thought about doing it, but you know, in my journey of hearing God's voice, there was always some questions that I had, some theological questions that I had been asking myself for years. And I also wanted to do more study that would then help others uh, globally in the church from an academic perspective to actually look at that area so that I could help more people hear God's voice. So I began to think about, God, should I do a doctorate? So I prayed, said, God, lead me. I know that you can speak to me, should I do a doctorate? And I began to talk to some people who'd done doctorate study, doctoral studies and, you know, ask some advice and say all the different things about it, what's it like? And, and I continue to pray, God, shall I do it? And, and I heard nothing. And so then I kept investigating how much is it going to cost me? And then I found out that a government has a program for it and I could use that, that fee help program and I would come under that and that would be fine. And, and I kept praying, God, would you speak to me about my doctorate? And then I thought, well, what college would I go to if I did go? And I started checking out different colleges and I began to look at my old College. And one of the big questions was, how do I get the right supervisor? In, in higher level research, it's really important to have someone who knows a little bit about your area. My area was a bit niche. And I thought, how would I find someone who would understand the nuances of my question? And I went down and to visit the college I studied at previously and met with the, the coordinator of the program. And as we began talking and I told him about my topic, he said, well, that's funny that you should say that because I've just published an article looking at exactly those things in a journal recently. <laughs> and we had this amazing conversation. He said, I would love to be your supervisor. I thought, oh, okay. And I kept praying. I said, well, God, is, is this you? You know, you're speaking to me about my doctorate. I, I can't hear a thing. And so then I spoke to my close friends, those people who are in my inner circle who know me and believe in me and understand God's call on my life. And I said, should I do a doctorate? They said, it's a no-brainer, of course you should. You know, God's called you to this ministry. This is only going to strengthen it. And I kept praying. I said, God, speak to me. You spoke to me before. Now speak to me about my doctorate. And then the time comes when I need to make a decision. And in the end, God didn't speak to me about my doctorate at all. I, I didn't get a vision. I didn't get a dream. I didn't get a prophecy. I didn't, I got, I got nothing. All I got was this makes sense. This is wisdom. This is in line with God's plan for your life. Go ahead and didn't do it. And I reflect back on those two different scenarios. One was God speaking very clearly and all these supernatural confirmation and signs around it. The other one was much more natural. It was common sense. It was wisdom. It was consulting people who knew me. It was doing the research, all the different colleges, what would fit, how would it work. It was looking at the financial things and, and then making a decision, a human decision on that basis. In one case, it was clearly God. And in the other case, it was me. And I think sometimes as Christians who are seeking to hear God's voice, we often have a problem with this dynamic. Uh, there's, there's a relational dynamic, a partnership dynamic between God and I, and both of us are involved. And sometimes we tip the scales a little bit. Some people are like, um, I won't make a decision at all unless God speaks to me about every little thing about my life. And, and sometimes that makes us paralysed and, and passive. We're just sitting on our hands waiting for God to do everything. And then on the other hand, there's people who sort of don't listen for God for the supernatural at all. We're not, we're not listening to prophetic words. We're not seeking God in dreams and visions. We're not listening for the still small voice. We're just making human decisions all the time. And what God wants is a, is a two-way dynamic. The picture that I often have is a, of a friendship, two friends walking along a road. And Jesus said, I've come to call you friends. And it's, it's kind of like this dynamic of 
he talks and I talk and he talks and I talk. And, and because I'm making a natural decision doesn't make it any less supernatural because God has given me gifts and talents and a mind to think and people around me who are wise, who can speak into my life. And, and sometimes what it calls for is hearing God's voice in something. And other times it calls for listening to my own voice and then walking along with that. And that's as much pleasing to God. That's as much a, a part of the God life. So in hearing God's voice in 2016, if, if God's not saying anything, ask yourself this question, is my life submitted to His purpose? Am I walking for Him? Am I seeking His kingdom first? And if He's not saying anything specific, go and do your homework, go and do your research, get the wisdom of counsel, think it through, ask yourself, is this something I want to do? Does it line up with my gifts and talents and my desires? And then just make a decision and keep walking and keep listening because the God life is a two-way conversation. It's God and does His part, but we do our part too. We're walking together in this process and we're listening and we're responding and we're both involved. Have you ever heard one of those stories about someone who thought they heard from God, but they actually didn't? Then there's all the damage and fallout that goes with it. We know that God speaks, but how do we know it's His voice we're hearing and not something we made up ourselves? The good news is that Jesus promised His people we'd be able to know His voice and follow it. Just like the Bible characters who've gone before us, we can learn to recognise His voice. The Other Side of the Conversation series is designed to take you step by step through the biblical teaching on hearing God's voice, as well as plenty of practical tips that you can apply in the context of your local church. We've worked really hard to create an excellent resource that has been used in churches all around the world and has the potential to change your life. The box set includes a documentary-style DVD with six 15-minute episodes, plus a guidebook for individual or small group use. You can buy it online from Curon Books in Australia, Manor in New Zealand, or at the godconversations.com store. Remember, The ability to hear God's voice is given to everyone who chooses to follow Jesus. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Okay, let's look at one final scenario. Why is God taking so long? We've heard Him speak. He's given us these wonderful promises. He's spoken to us, or at least we thought we did, but time has gone on and, and nothing seems to be happening. I find this has been a real struggle for me personally. So many times I've just been so frustrated. God, you are just taking so long. I remember one of the key moments when I really heard God speak at 26 years of age, He spoke to me about my life and I was just so excited. I remember waiting like a week, a week had passed. And I'm like, God, well, nothing's happening. What's going on? Wait another week and nothing's happening. And a month passes and I think, God, I don't think I heard your voice at all because nothing's happening. And I had no idea back then what this journey was going to be like. I had no idea. And God spoke to me really clearly over the years and gave me some understanding because we we can develop patience. And I think that's really important. But understanding and patience really helps us. So I want to talk in this um, little video excerpt just for a few minutes about whether when we're experiencing what appears to be the delays or the timing, the slow timing of God. And it's something I think that we all face on the God Conversations journey. And I want to share with you a, a way that God spoke to me. He used a metaphor, a very clear metaphor to describe the reason why we get so frustrated with what appears to be God's slowness. 
And it kind of came about through an event I attended to a number of years ago. It was a corporate function in the city of Sydney and it was, was an event celebrating the Australian ascent of Mount Everest. There are a number of team members from that first team who made it up the summit there and they were speaking and they were sharing from their experience. And my friend and I, it was it was inspiring. I just loved it. I, I like mountain climbing anyway, but they showed slides of some of the views and some of the journey and it's just so beautiful up on top of the world. And I remember just being so inspired by the view and I wanted to climb it. And I think sometimes God's promises are like that. God speaks to us and we get this inspiration, this this view of the summit of what the possibilities for our lives could be like. And it's like we're standing on top of a mountain and we can see what God can see. And it motivates us. We're like, God, yes, I'm listening. I'm following you. I'm hearing what you're saying. But then as we were seated in that function, um, they began to talk that the Climbers began to talk about some of the hazards and some of the obstacles that they faced along the way. And I'm sure you know many of them, some of the storms on Everest are some of the most violent anywhere in the world. It's one of the most dangerous places on earth for avalanches and, and, the, and the freezing cold. In fact, the guys, the climbers looked quite normal. They were dressed in suits, but the only thing that was, was noticeable about them that was different to, to the average person was that half their fingers were missing the their, their hands for had knobbly stumps on them where they'd lost their fingers and some of the hazards along the way. But the biggest killer on Everest is none of those things. It's the fact that Everest is so high, over 8,000 metres high, and it's almost impossible to breathe unassisted on the summit of Everest. The human body was not created to be able to survive at that height. And so they talk about some of the dangers in ascending Everest, that if you're not careful, if you don't acclimatise at each camp, there's a number of camps along the way where your body has to adjust to lesser oxygen. If it doesn't, then if you tried to climb too quickly from the base to the summit, you would die within a few minutes. You'd develop cerebral edema and you would be dead. So you can't do that. You actually have to stop at each level and adjust and then you go again. And God showed me that the journey of faith, the journey of hearing His voice, hearing the promises of God for our lives is just like that. We get so excited at the start. We see the top and we want to climb real quick. But the truth is, is if we go from the base to the top of what God has for us, we wouldn't survive it. What needs to happen is our capacity, our character, our, our skills and our giftings, uh, the, the, the faith within us to be able to carry what God has for us. And the thing about it is that it grows steadily as we go along. And this process is a long range process. So when I'm looking at my situation and I'm frustrated because God's not moving as quickly as I want Him to, what God is saying is I want you to get a long range perspective. I want you to understand that this is a bigger journey. It's, it has broader, uh, broader outcomes than what you could ever imagine. And it takes time to develop. And the oxygen levels that we experience are like faith levels. Oxygen is like faith. We need to develop faith. It develops like a muscle over time as we continue to follow God, as we continue to venture out into the unknown, as we continue to trust His voice above the circumstances. Corinthians talks about we walk by faith 
and not by sight. And that pro- it's, that's a process, you know. There are things I can believe for today that I couldn't believe for five or 10 years ago. As God speaks, he, he kind of pushes out the boundaries every time and it gets bigger every time. We see that process in the life of Abraham. You know, he, he started off with his promises that are recorded in Genesis chapter 12. And we see him go on this journey 20 to 25 years. And what happens along the way is that he, he hits obstacles and problems and he finds himself um, building altars of surrender when he leaves his homeland, when he leaves uh, Laban, his family, when he, he believes that God's going to produce a supernatural child when he offers up Isaac. And, and each point is like a level at the camp climbing up the mountain where he develops faith in God and surrender. And each point is a part of that process. And it just, it takes time. But the, but the beautiful thing about it is if you look at those promises of Abraham, you'll notice that they grow every time, they expand, you know, to the point where the promises become out of your line will come kings. And that influence and that fruitfulness, that kingdom uh, fruitfulness grows every time. So when we find ourselves frustrated, when we find ourselves, God, you know, what are you doing? What we need to understand is that God is always at work in us and He's always um, insistent on bringing us to that destination. He wants to bring us there, but we need to continue to have faith and patience, Hebrews talks about. In fact, a number of years ago, probably about eight or nine years ago, I, I was going through one of these these moments where, God, what are you doing? I'm so excited to get this ministry going. And, and you know, this season of my life has been, for me, a long time coming because God spoke to me about it a long time ago. And I remember having a dream and I was on Camp 4, which is the second highest point that they leave for the summit on. And I remember in the dream, I'm waking up in the middle of the night. You have to leave in the middle of the night. I'm getting dressed with all my hiking gear and my boots and my head torch and my crampons. And I'm going out to get to the summit. And in my dream, I'm climbing up and I can see the summit. I'm getting closer and closer. But as I'm doing it, I'm getting tireder and I can't breathe. And in the middle of the dream, I had this terrible realisation, I'm not going to make it. And I turned around and I went back to camp four. And when I woke up the next morning, it was very clear to me that God was saying, it's not time yet. You're just not, you're not ready for that next level. But keep trusting me. Keep believing me. Keep holding my word in your face, (laughs) believing that God has the power to do what He had promised and that His timing is perfect. And no matter what happens, even if obstacles thwart it, even if the storms and the avalanches come, that God is able to bypass those and to continue to keep us on that path until we reach the summit of our promises. That's what God has for each one of us. I pray that that helps you in hearing God's voice this year, that you'll continue to trust Him, keep listening as He encourages along the journey of faith, that He has you on, whatever that may be. And I pray that His voice would be clear to you. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it's been helpful to you. Don't forget, we have a wonderful um, stock of resources at godconversations.com. And can I encourage you, share those with others. They're available free. The idea is to resource the church through articles and blogs and podcasts, anything we can do, lots of awesome teaching resources to help you be the sort of person that hears God's voice and has the courage to follow it. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast by Tanya Harris. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. 
So post your comments on the blog page of godconversations.com or at facebook.com forward slash Tanya M. Harris. Help us to equip others to recognize God's voice by rating the series on iTunes. Remember, Jesus said we would know his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation.